1: Great to be back with you folks. Here we are on the 180th of uh, podcast and we're on the third Psalm. And I, you know, Stephanie Westco, I almost said, here we are on the 180th Psalm. Uh, do you ever feel like your brain doesn't work right?
2: Doug, I feel like that on a regular daily basis.
1: You know, friends, I got to be upfront with you. I think we all feel a little bit like that. But with me, as always, is my friend Stephanie Wesco, co host. And Stephanie, so what's going on with you and the Wesco worship team? How are you guys doing?
2: We're doing pretty well, Doug. Um, some families in town visiting this weekend. And so my boys are thrilled to get to spend time um, playing with them. And we're. Um, trying, trying in all seriousness, to enjoy the October weather. October is my least favorite month of the year. October and November are my least favorite months of the year. But um, we're looking for God's goodness in the midst of them, and so going from there.
1: So in full disclosure, so you guys know what's going on, you may be listening to our podcast for the first time, and we hope it's not the last time, but... Uh, Stephanie lost her dear husband on October 30th, 2018, and had to deal with getting out of a third world a banana republic and getting back in the states around November. Dealing with all the craziness, funerals, burying her dear sweet husband, and so you can understand why October and November. I, and I think you were married in November, weren't you?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so she got married in November. So uh, you know the next wedding when when Mr. Wright comes along has got to be in December. You gotta move away from November. Hey, that's all there is to it. Yeah.
2: There's no November wedding. That's for sure.
1: So or if, October. So if the future, Mister Wright, is listening, you gotta aim toward December or after. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> or September before. So here we are on Psalm number three. There's a lot going on in Psalms, Stephanie, and there is. we've been trying not to make you. I, I'm glad you laughed though. Uh, that's a good thing there, and. Uh, <laughs> But here we are in Psalm number three. I haven't decided what song Stephanie's going to sing yet out of here, but there's running going on. Who knows? We might have to sing a Joseph song here. But anyway, we promised you music as we went through the book of Psalms. So we're going we're gonna to deliver. But it says, <laughs> Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? So, I mean, that's a pretty good question coming right out of the shoot, Stephanie. Uh, and, you know, then saying, many, uh, many are they that rise up against me. So right, right there in verse number one, uh, he comes right out and he says, man, I'm, I'm in a sinking ship. I, I mean, everybody's against me. Uh, many are increased to people. And we know that he's fleeing from his son, Absalom, uh, who turned out to be a total knucklehead. Uh, but have you ever asked that question, Stephanie? Uh, how are they increased that trouble me? How are they increasing? How does that happen? Have you ever been there?
2: Most definitely, most definitely, and it doesn't always come, um, that hatred and that increase of those that trouble you don't always come from where you would think it would come from. And so there's a lot of, I can imagine the tears that flowed from David's face as he penned that first verse.
1: Yeah, and I and I think there's a lot of you know some of the most hurtful places and some of the most hurtful enemies are when people get stuck in a bad church, and they realize they're there and yeah. they try to leave and and you know you you have maybe a narcissist running it or something like that. Those are some pretty bad times too. And I know there's people listening yeah. to us today who've been down that road. And and it's okay to you know I've always told Stephanie it's always all right to ask the Lord. We just don't harp on it. We just don't get mad at him. Lord, show me, you know, because he shows us. We had to leave a bad church, but, you know, years ago, many years ago, like 25 years ago. Uh, but, boy, did he show us his grace and mercy and allow us to be part of something great. And I, I yeah. think I think that's something that we can really be happy with. And uh, But, you know, as we go into verse 2, Stephanie, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, Selah. So is it, you know, that word Selah is let it be, uh, I as, mm-hmm. as, uh, let it happen. Uh, I mean, there's it just all comes down to the same thing. Selah, we want this to happen. We're appealing this to God. Uh, we're going on. It's used throughout the book of Psalms. We'll see it many more times. But he's going here and he's praying this, Stephanie. He's praying mm-hmm. uh, that many believe, many there be, which say of my soul, there is no help for him and God. I mean, isn't that a terrible thing to say if you're godly?
2: Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, um, I think there are we we as Christians shoot each other with statements like that. Yeah, um, that's very very sad. And there were people saying that to David, who were supposed to be his best friends, who were supposed to be those he could trust the most.
1: His kids.
2: Yeah, well, and his kids. I was just thinking more of, like, the Ohesha and the people like that that he had trusted. Yeah. You know, and then they were turning on him at this point and treating him with literal hatred.
1: Yeah, there's a lot uh, of—I think you're you're right on here. I think that, uh, you know, there are people listening to us right now, Stephanie, who feel this way. And you don't have to. God's there for you. The Holy Spirit of God will indwell within your heart. He will— reside with you. You're a temple of God. And, you know, we don't put things on our bodies or do things to bodies that we wouldn't paint on the outside of the church. We, uh, we don't think things about uh, God, uh, then we shouldn't think them about ourselves. If we think we're useless, if we think that people are closing in on us, if we think that we're in bad times, if we think that, uh, you know, what we're doing is we're going against God because our bodies are a temple of God. And it says in verse 3, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, uh, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord. And boy, I love that when you see those words. I've cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, Selah. And you know, when you see that, he, God hears us. God hears us. He hears our pray, prayers. He, As you say, he heard your prayers in that third world country at Cameroon. He heard your prayers. He got you home safely. He hears our prayers. And what do you say to somebody that's saying, well, I've been praying for this one thing over and over again for 20 years, and God has, hasn't answered. What would you say to that, Stephanie?
2: I don't know that it means God hasn't answered. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think when I look back on different events, looking back, um, if God, if God doesn't answer our, our prayer, the way, you know, um, there was some, I mean, there were certain things I prayed for. Um, I prayed for certain relationships that never came to be. I prayed for certain things to be resolved that never were. And, um, God answered, God became real to me in those times. And God did answer, just not
1: what you wanted.
2: Yes, not just the way I wanted. And and I think a huge key is to remember, like we learned in the book of Job, that God is God. Yeah. And it it does make us serve him with fear. And it does make us tremble at his presence. But God is God. And um, David, if you look back at, at the situation here, David was running from Absalom. Yeah. And there was a, there was a pile up of things that led to Absalom's rebellion.
1: Yeah.
2: And we're not here to get into that whole story. No. But David had committed sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. David had done some things that quite honestly, God could have absolutely squashed him like a bug and been completely justified from even the Pentateuch, the law's perspective because David had 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 committed murder, um, he had used enemy an enemy army to do it, but he had ordered the death of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to cover yeah. up his own sin. You know, there was a pile-up, and then then he had kind of washed over and and brushed under the rug that Absalom's sister Tamar had been raped oh. by her half brother Amnon. You know, there was a whole pileup of things that had led
1: to you want to Absalom. talk about a dysfunctional family.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of issues here, and yet God had forgiven David. God had restored his relationship with God. But I believe in certain realms, um, you know, if you've done something, and and just throw this out there, many times we have PTSD. It has absolutely nothing to do with something we have done to bring on, you know, bring that situation on ourselves. Yeah. But but if you're dealing with trauma because you were doing drugs and you were making a very conscious decision, you were rebelling against God, you did those drugs, you flew your you know, shook your face in God's face, so to speak, and now you're paying the consequences in your body or, or something from that. Yeah. God may have may put that thorn in your flesh there to remind you to stay dependent on him. And God took David through some rough valleys following everything that happened with, you know, with Absalom's rebellion and everything that happened with that. And it taught David some valuable lessons. And that's one of the reasons we have this said.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And so I think there's just there's a lot of lessons here that can be learned. Um, but But when I look at this psalm and I look at the whole subject of when god is silent when god isn't answering my prayer david knew that god wasn't silent god god was working a purpose a plan out and to a certain extent david was was seeing happen in his family what it what was going to come about because of the dysfunctional situation there um but david even in god's silence says i cried unto the lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill, even by faith, even in the midst of paying consequences, so to speak, for past actions, David still says he's hearing me out of his holy hill. Yeah. And there's the eye of faith that comes into play when we think God is silent.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I I just, uh, I got to believe that, you know, David, I, I got, first of all, I got to believe that everybody listening has had this David moment. And that's what the great thing is about Psalms. Where, man, everything's piling up against me. You know, and I mean, as we go through Psalms, it just continues on and on. I don't think you're listening to me, but then I, he is listening to me. Uh, he's, he's saving my glory. And uh, then it goes on to verse number six. And I will not be afraid of 10,000 of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. The most, I think, some of the most famous words in the book of Psalms. Is arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation, uh, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. You know, David gets to a point. I mean, his life's upside down. But you know, the one good thing here, Stephanie, is he's at that point where he he gets it. He said, "Salvation belongeth unto the Lord." You know, yeah. uh, it's God's. It's not mine. It's God's salvation. God can only save. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you know, not only salvation in the sense of getting saved, the most important thing, but sometimes saving our, giving us mercy and getting us out of situations where Absalom's got people looking to kill you and uh, getting out of situations where people are trying to hurt us. God is in the saving business. He's in the soul saving mm-hmm. business. The most important thing that any of us can get and uh and, and a lot of times god is in the saving business from illness or injury or from fear from upside downness is that a word upside downness and it is now uh, it is now coined right here will somebody get a hold of mr webster <laughs> let mr webster know that we have got to put that word in there and, <laughs> and uh but listen i got a little poem from isaac watt that i got to read and it, it's going to set stephanie off on the practical things i'm going to ask her here in a second but it's called Doubts and Fears Suppressed by Isaac Watts. And uh, it says, My God, how many are my fears? How fast my foes increase, conspiring my eternal death. They break my present peace. The lion tempter would persuade. There's no relief in heaven, so the devil's trying to persuade you of that. And all my swelling sins appear too big to be forgiven. But thou, my glory and my strength, shalt on the tempter tread shall silence all my threatening guilt and raise my drooping head. I cried and from this holy lull he bowed a listening ear. I called my Father and my God and he subdued my fear. He shed soft slumbers on my eyes in spite of all my foes. I woke and wondered at the grace that gathered my repose. What though the host of death and hell all armed against me stood terrors no more shall shake my soul, my refuge is my God. Arise, O oh Lord, fulfil my grace while I thy glory sing, my God has broke the serpent's teeth, and death has lost its sting. Salvation to the Lord belongs, his arm alone can save blessings attend thy people here, and reach beyond the grave. Wow. Boy, is that summarizing that psalm or what? And but you know, practically. All right, practically. And we have a few minutes here. I'm not cutting you off like I usually do, but practically, <laughs> Stephanie, practically, what does somebody do with Psalm 3? I mean, they'd get done reading Psalm 3 there. And uh, what should they get out of it? What's the practical application?
2: Well, I think um verse 5 is an application of It's biblical to ask God to help us with our sleep you know if you're dealing with trauma if you're dealing with nightmares God remember that God is there to sustain you he's there to give rest to your soul and that it's okay to cry out to him for the ability to sleep even in the midst of a trauma or something you're going through and Verse six, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people that have set themselves against me roundabout. about. You know, I live, I, as, as a, we watch our country, I think of the tens of thousands, maybe it's millions of people who are setting themselves against God and against his people and against his ways. And David says, I will not be afraid of them. And then the cry of verse 7, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. You know, David didn't know what was going to happen when he wrote this psalm. Right. And this, to me, he says it as if it's already happened.
1: He's totally trusting it.
2: There is. There's a there's a eye of faith here that is phenomenal to me. And then he says, "Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people." And you know, it's a comfort to me, Doug. After reading Psalm two, after thinking about where we are as God's people, and and, and obviously, this is this chapter was preceded by David humbling himself before God. David had repented of of his sin. He had humbled himself before God. He was in that place of. Contrition, using that place of clinging to the Lord as His helper. Yeah, but he could say in that position, "Arise, O oh Lord, and save me, O oh my God."
1: Yeah, and, and you Salvation
2: know, belongs unto God, and I think that was David's heart cry, and that's it encourages me to have that be my heart cry.
1: And and it is, and you know, I love the way he starts out. He starts out with Lord. He doesn't have a lot of time on his hands here, you know. Yeah. He's just—he—he yeah. he doesn't have time for this long, uh, torn-out liturgy or whatever you'd want to call yeah. it, or, or uh, this special prayer, a homily or something. He's just dealing with God here. He's just—he's got to, hes moving. He's on the run, and uh, you know. And I think there's an application. I think your applications are perfect with the nightmares, with trust in God, with—with with all those. I, I think they're perfect. And—and and I think we got to remember that sometimes we just need to yell out, Lord. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sometimes we forget to do that, Stephanie. We forget to, uh, you know, how often do we forget to yell out God or to yell out Lord? Lord, we need you. We need you now. And uh, so often we do that. And so often we forget that. And, uh, Uh, And I think that's so important. And and, and then just laying out at the end, he's just praising God at the end there where he says, salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah, let it be. He's just, you know, there's something about adoring God. Remember the ABCs of prayers? Probably when you were a kid, you went through it or people first got saved. Do you remember that?
2: Well, I took my kids through something like that with scripture memory. It
1: was the same kind of principle. Yeah, and uh, um, I I think that I th- I think the most important thing that we need to get out of this today, out of this psalm, is we got a God to go to. He is our helper for nightmares. He is our helper for bad times. He is our salvation. He is our savior. He is the chain breaker. He's the guy that can take these things out of our life. He's the guy that can unscramble eggs. He's all that and he's all that stephanie and so i'm going to hit you with another question so knowing that god is all that what do we say especially a lady today let's say a lady's out there listening today and she's at wit's end man the kids are piling up they're just got problems you know and uh life's upside down and uh uh and they just they're just listening to this podcast and they're looking for some help and they're looking for uh for god and 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 what do you tell them what what do you say here at this point in the bible when you finish a psalm like this where david's hollering out where david says god saves me where uh, what, what would you say to that lady out there that's
0: hurt
2: i would say that you have to remember we walk by faith and not by sight yeah and um there are many days where i still feel in my feelings like God really doesn't care about me or my kids and my feelings scream at me that there's something so awful and polluted and evil about me that the only way God could deal with me harsh enough was to kill my husband. Uh And God put, you know, God is not the author of confusion. No, He's not the author of fear. And so when those thoughts start bombarding my thought, my thought life or, those thoughts of God being anything other than a good God fled my fled my brain capacity. I have to come back to that. Verse one of Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? God, these thoughts, these things that are rising up against me, they're real. Those fiery darts are real. They're hot. They're heavy. And holding up that shield of faith that David held up here, Otherwise, he could not have said what he said in verse 7. For thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. God hasn't done that yet when David made that statement. But David, by faith, as God's child, as someone who was trusting him, was by faith looking to God for that deliverance. And I think that's where I have to go to as a lady. You know, it's, it's a very different role um, being a single mom. Yeah. And some days it's very hard.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: And yeah. so t- to go to God and say, God, this is what Your Word says, and my feelings may not, in any way, shape, or form, be agreeing with Your Word right now. So I'm choosing by faith to believe what Your Word says. Amen. And I'm, I'm trusting you to prove yourself true to me. Yeah. And I think that's where us as ladies, especially if we're a single mom or if we're in a situation where you're um, where you feel like you're a single mom, even if there's a guy in the picture. Yeah. You always have a savior. You can go to salvation still belongs to the Lord and his blessing is still upon those that trust him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and, and let me say this to you guys out there that maybe with that gal and you're not helping her out, get right. And uh, I think there's something in this Psalm practical for men as well. And that's we, uh, you know, the, the battle is the Lord's, I think we find over in First Samuel. And, and, and sometimes a better part of value, valor is to trust God, is to just step out, is to just and uh, listen, take care of your families. And, and let me say this to you folks out there who may be divorced. or, uh, First of all, if you're separated and you're not divorced, get to a church. Get counseling. Get your marriage right. God wants your marriage to work. God is, he hates divorce. He loves marriage. He instituted it. But if you're out there and you're divorced and, and your life seems all messed up and you can't get along with the mom or the dad or whatever, you need to get right on that, and especially if you have kids there. And uh, you just need to get right. And I don't know how we got there from here, but I wanted to say that as a guy of divorced parents, my father was a pretty bad guy. And they used to beat on us, deserted us. We didn't see him for three years. But this is what I want to say to you out there today. Listen, David was in a bad place. His own son was out to kill him. Things were going wrong. Things were going bad. Uh, but God, he knew where to go. God. So at, at the end of this conversation, at the end of this podcast, at the end of whatever, there's one place to go, and that's God. And uh, when times get tough, and Stephanie said it best, you know, I'm a single mom. I got eight kids. And can I tell you something? She has eight great kids. But there's a couple of them that are always in a knuckleheaded mood. It's it's a uh, mood. It's never easy, man. And it's not easy for any one of you. Life isn't a dream for all of us. And uh, But anyway, listen, we love you, folks. And what's the most important thing that we can tell anybody during this podcast, Stephanie?
2: It is that they would understand how much Jesus loves them and that they would understand that he's offering them the free gift of salvation if they will but turn from their sin to him in faith.
1: Do it. Listen to this right now. We have a message for you. It's very important.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. One of the more exciting things about our ministry is being able to tell people how they can know for sure they're saved and believe in Jesus Christ and spend eternity in heaven. The Bible tells us there's four things we need to know to be saved. The first thing it tells us is where all sinners. The Bible says there are none righteous. It says that everybody in the world is a sinner. The second thing that the Bible teaches us is there's a price on sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The third thing and the good news that the Bible teaches us today is it says, but God commendeth his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, before we were even born, Christ died for us. So we can know we're a sinner, we can know there's a price on sin, but thank God that Christ died for us. Then the Bible says we must speak it in our mouth and believe it in our heart, that all we need to do is pray to God, believe it in our heart, that Christ has died for our sins, and ask Him to save us in Jesus Christ's name. And you know what, folks, He will. If we can do anything to help you in that area, please send us a message. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.